Soccer Speakeasy. Today is the uh, Wednesday, the 12th of October, 2022. We have the uh, full team here in the studio today. I'm Mike A. Race, joined by our fine Fubi writer, Bailey Johnson. And of course, the striker's back. It's been, a, it's been a few weeks since we've seen the striker, but he's very busy. Uh, I think he's working the delivery trucks now or yeah, something. Back from IR. And of course, Patrick, the podfather, Flaherty at the controls. We have a lot to talk about today. It, it was an eventful weekend, and, and uh, the events continued to come apace uh, post-weekend. Uh, again, it's Wednesday, and on uh, Monday, it was announced uh, at 1 p.m. that the crew had parted ways with Coach Caleb Porter. I think the proper term is fired. Um, and uh, th- after four years uh, with the team, uh, Porter finishes uh, 45, 43, and 37 with one MLS Cup. A remarkable run. I mean, a wonderful coaching job um, in a 20-game season that was uh, riddled with the pandemic, start, stop, MLS is back, and so forth. Um, did a great job in the playoffs. Uh, that said, that was a, I don't know, it might be the only professional sports team in history um, to win a championship without winning a road game. Um the Campioni's Cup. It is a trophy. Yes, um, I, it's a trophy. It was it was on television and everything. And uh, uh, Caleb won it. Uh, they beat Cruz Azul last year. It was uh, it was just over a year ago, September 29th, I believe, twenty twenty one. Uh, great atmosphere and all that stuff. And uh, um, so, would you call him the most successful coach in crew history? No, he wasn't. No, I, no, no, he Same. wasn't. Two trophies. Uh, he he missed the playoffs. <laughs> I think I call it three eighths. I do call it three eighths. Yeah. Um, so not quite a half a trophy, uh, a made for television I, event. Just asking. Um, and uh, he missed the playoffs three of his four years. And um, one of the things that killed his team, and we're going to get into the why right away, uh, or why we think he was fired, and, and Bailey will fill us in on the explanation from the team itself. But, um, you know, Kyle start with you one thing that always stood out to me was um okay 2019 the front office is a mess caleb comes in um it's chaotic he's gotta he's gotta put a foundation down uh everyone knew it was going to be a difficult season because they they were building toward the stadium opening in 2021 and 2019 he's fresh new uh hits the ground running um but even then there was uh, two five-game winning streaks and a string of 13 games, I believe, with one victory. Um, that they were actually – that was the year that uh, Jacob said they, were, they had a chance to win the supporter shield. Yeah, and, five games in. And <laughs> a couple five-game losing streaks will kill it pretty quick. I mean, similarly, uh, even in, in – uh, they hit a jag uh, in the shortened season, yep. and that probably cost them a chance at a supporter shield. They did win the MLS Cup. I don't want to be too nitpicky here. Um, last year, the six-game losing streak, the longest in team history, followed up by a victory and then a couple more losses. So that was a, a one-and-eight skid. That cost them the playoffs. Right. Um, and you can talk— And those were bad, bad ties, too, with Cincinnati and Austin. And, um, oh, that's a fine. That is a fine. That's a fine. That's he fine. even asked you to. I had a father specifically said, hey, who's having yeah. phone that is? Silence is, it. Is Bailey giving out fines? Yeah, I love no. it. Oh, God. <laughs> um, but it, it, Caleb yeah. can say he missed the playoffs yeah. by 
a point on the last day of each of the last two seasons, or you can make that observation. Right. Technically, it's true, but I think last year, after after by September, um, they were so down and out, given the bad skid at, at in the middle of, of the summer that they needed like. 50 goals and help from like six other right. teams to get in the playoffs. I'm overstating it, but it was impossible for them to make the playoffs, despite the fact that they closed very well. Um, and this year, um, they have only themselves to blame. I think they won, um, what, one of their last seven games, two two of their last seven games. Um, that doesn't get you in the playoffs. So to me... The one thing, if you look at, if you're looking at it, this from a helicopter, is th- those streaks... Um, Killed seasons, killed playoff chances, killed uh, supporters' chilled chances, killed killed another right. chance to win a cup, maybe because this was a very good team. Yeah, no, I mean, I mean, you're correct. I mean, if you look at you know what you know what at one point he was like, hey, we need a striker, we need somebody, we need quality. They did that, you know. Hey, we need to you know do this, do that, and it wasn't the lack of. You know, I think it was more so the lack of scoring goals, more so than giving it up because what they finished fourth in the league and goals against. That's correct. So, I mean, you know, and you just spent what, $11 million on a, the biggest transfer ever. And somewhere between, you know, 10 and 11, so, yeah. and you know, plus Zellerion. So what you're at 18, $19 million on two guys that are supposed to score goals. And so, you know, to me, it looks like it's could be a, a player's thing, you know, m- maybe the things weren't quite gelling or they've kind of given up, you know, or, you know, I don't know. I just think the, whatever was working or whatever was working in, in the past years, wasn't working the last couple of years. And, and the fact is, I think they didn't, they have around the same amount of goals last year too. So, I mean, it, it comes down to goals, uh, uh, scoring goals. And when you look at the team, you know, this year, all the production came out of four guys, two guys on the wing and then two guys up front, you got hardly any goals or assists out of your central mid, you know, um, to me, it was a, you know, he died by his system and, and, you know, um, hopefully they can bring in somebody that can kind of bring everyone kind of more together and utilize the two guys that they have up front. Well, we'll talk about that in a million. B- Bailey, what happened this year? Because um, the way Tim Bezbachenko, the president and general manager, talked about the situation, it, it was uh, everything seemed to be riding on the last game uh, in Orlando on Sunday on decision day. Yeah, everything was riding on the last game. He talked about yesterday when we spoke to him about how it started to become a possibility that they would move on from Caleb over the last couple of weeks as they slid down the standings. And even Sunday, Caleb made it pretty clear speaking to us for what turned out to be the last time that he had known that his job was on the line in that game. He took responsibility after and some people kind of viewed it as him trying one more time to save his job. I didn't view it that way. I viewed it as him understanding that this was probably it for him based on what had happened. They did for those who did not watch take a one goal lead um, in the first half and then lose in the second half as they did way too many times this year, which is what Bezbachenko said yesterday. It ultimately came down to their inability to close out games, their inability to hold on to leads. The fact that they missed the playoffs two years in a row, I think almost coming closer was more of a problem than anything else. Like they were right there and they have all this talent on the roster yep. and they just couldn't get there. And I think a lot of it was a mentality thing. Like Kyle was saying, I think to towards the end, they had kind of just tuned out Caleb. And that happens with coaches. It happened with John Tortorella and the Blue Jackets. Sometimes the message just wears out and it's not working anymore. And that's what happened here, I think. Well, uh, the numbers are just 
I mean, you couldn't get out from under the the second half, the 75th minute, uh, the stoppage time numbers that, that they accrued this year. No, they couldn't. And Bez talked about that yesterday. He used the phrase extremely bizarre, which I think yeah. is apt. Cause well, let's let's what were the numbers? Let's, yeah, I was getting there. <laughs> Um, the number, so they, is that a fine? (laughs) It can be a fine. This is your show, man. (laughs) It was extremely bizarre. (laughs) It was extremely bizarre. They gave up 21 points in the last 15 minutes of matches and then dropped 11 of those in stoppage time. That's unbelievable. Which is unbelievable. Um, they gave up 17 goals after the 75th minute. They did score also 13 goals after the 75th minute. So you do have to take that into account, but still minus four in the last 15, not good. Minus four in the last in in second half stoppage time, really bad. They only gave up 41 goals all year, but 17 of those were in the last 15 minutes, which is close over 40%. So it was really just a last 15 minute thing where they essentially completely collapsed other than that one Red Bulls game where Derek Etienne came in and scored those two goals at the end, which gave them hope for a yep. minute. But in the end, it turned out to be, you know, more of a mirage than proof. I mean, of how have you ever seen anything forward. like this, like giving up those goals? No, at the end? no. It's, it, I mean, when you're talking, especially because as this is the one thing that always kind of rubbed me um, a bit raw about Caleb. And that is, um, you know, after these games, he'd say, Look, uh, we played great in the oh, first yeah, yeah, half. Yeah. We executed our game plan exactly as uh, as as we laid it out. Uh, we told these guys what to expect. I don't know what happened. If this guy didn't blow a coverage here, then um, so it was always uh, we all got to be better. But it was this guy's fault. Um, the game, I didn't. The game I didn't plan st- was great, but hey, this guy yeah, messed up here. It, that's right. <laughs> it, it wasn't me. It was them. Okay, that, that was one thing, and I, it's it's overstated. It was more subtle than that, but it it to me it built up. Um, uh, the other thing too is is Bailey's counted up twelve first half leads this year. Um, uh, we didn't count up how many leads they had in the second half. We just know how many they they blew and how many points they gave from a, a winning position, which is. You know, if they had Bez pointed this out, but it's something we've been writing ad nauseum for for weeks, and that is that with just a few, I mean, if if they just split those games, uh, if they picked up a couple more yeah. victories, if if they if they didn't uh, give up two points uh, here, there, everywhere, if if they didn't give up three points uh, here and there, um, you're talking about a team in the top four, maybe even fighting for for a shield. Um, Crazy, and and so. You know what I come. One of the baselines I come back to when you when you look at it like that is that um, his f- halftime messages. <laughs> right. I mean, they play. We play great in the first half. Whatever he was saying at halftime, nobody was listening to them, and the players certainly deserve. Uh, but how the, much? How much? Is, what, how no, much? No, 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 no. Yeah, but yeah, if, yeah. If, if like, look, we can look at like. There were some guys that were engaged. Yep. Dagenick clearly yep. engaged uh, in late games. Uh, and I'm not saying these losses didn't bother these players and stuff like that. But, you know, there weren't enough guys on this team that were ready to really lay it all on the line to, to win three points or, or save one. Uh, that's, that's part and parcel of this as well. Um, and uh, there weren't enough. That's a toughness thing. That's a leadership thing. Yeah. And that's a culture problem that festered by the end of Caleb's run. 
Yeah, absolutely. It's something that we were talking about offline is that that was exactly the problem. They just didn't seem to have, I don't want to say a lot of leadership, because I think there are guys on that team who would call themselves leaders and that they would say are leaders. But just the way it played out at the end of games was clearly a problem and was ultimately a mentality thing. And Caleb often said a willingness to step up and put your face on the line and get in the way of it. And whether it was you know, them tuning him out or just an overall right. attitude of, I just don't really want to do that. There, you saw a few guys right. do it. Milo Steganek, like we said, was one. Aiden Morris is a guy who you could see how much yep. it bothered him every time, but the list of guys I could run down is pretty short, yeah. unfortunately. You look at the good teams in the league and whatever the circumstances, maybe they'd even clinched or whatever, right. but like they are killing to get the points right. uh, when it goes down to the wire. Uh, and there was there was there wasn't that sort of uh, intestinal fortitude on this team. Um, we can use words like leadership or whatever. I, I I don't I just don't think there are enough killers on this team, and and they weren't motivated. Killers, I like that. I like that too, and I completely agree. So uh, that's there. Now that said, um, this is remains on paper a very good team, yeah. and and should be next year. I mean, when you look at you know. Guys entering their prime, like uh, Bailey's favorite player, Aiden Morris, yep. uh, Cucho Hernandez, just entering his prime. Yep. Um, maybe Santos is is out of his prime or, or well on the backside. I think Nagby's still on the yep. other side. Uh, I think he's still in prime, but on the, on the backside. I mean, Derek Etienne is, yep. is is coming into his prime. Diaz finally kind of yeah it was, showed up this year. Yeah, he clicked with yeah. with Cucho. Yeah, they and, worked super well yeah. together. And, and Zella Ryan's right in his yeah. prime. So you're talking about a, a, this is a hire they have to get yep. right because this is a team anyone should yep. want to coach because yep. they should be ready right. to compete at the highest level in this yeah. league. I think there's just a few tweaks personally. I, you know, we've talked about this at the beginning of the season that this is the most talented team they've ever had, but they've also had some, you know, some signings. Kevin really didn't really work out. You know, I, I know he got hurt last year, but, you know, they really thought that he was going to be a piece you know, yeah, is, you know, kind of, they thought he'd kind of come in and, you know, and then, um, yeah, the other guy, yeah, the other yeah. guy from Romania, I'm drawing blank. Matan, uh, Matan yeah. was kind of a fail, but I mean, it's, it's there. I just think there's some tweaks. Um, personally, I think they just need to add another defender. I, I would like them to have an upgrading goal. I think uh, Room had too many goals oh, he's where he just—he didn't move. He leads the lead, I, leads the world in oh, in, in, in goals given up and not moving. I mean, it drives me absolutely crazy. Uh, he was a top five goalie in the league this year by the numbers. I, know, so I just want you to know, know that, Kyle. I know that, but still, I mean, half the goals he did not move. Okay, sure, he it would be great to get an upgraded move. goal, but we do also have to be realistic about the league that we're talking about <sighs> here. Know. There is a top ceiling to the kind of goalie they're going to be able to get. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. It's, it's it's an old saw, Kyle's, and, and we allow drives me crazy. We need all we need all yes. sides of the of the argument. Um, one thing I think that is clearer than uh, whatever Kyle is saying about uh, about the goalie is that uh, this team, when it played yeah. well, was going forward right. and just ooze danger. And uh, you know, one of my observations, uh, for whatever it's worth, was that. They didn't right. go forward enough yep. or with the alacrity they should to suit their personnel. Um, part of it might have been how the midfielders were engaged or earlier in the season, how, how the wings played. Um, but, you know, after Caleb got his guy up front, up top with the tattoo on his neck, which, you yes. know, and, 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 you know, he can't win with Giassi, but he got, he got they, you know, 
even Cucho, after yeah. eight goals in eight games, kind of sizzle in. Just, just folded himself right into the same sort of uh, culture as everyone else. They didn't go forward. They didn't. Uh, I that. Bailey, I, that was one that that's that was a, a regular observation. It was a regular observation, and you're right. When this team was playing with pace and they were going forward and they were getting the ball up the field, they were incredibly dangerous and looked like one of the best teams in the league. The problem is they played too slow so much of the time. I was reading Matt Doyle writing about it the other day, based on some of the stats that he has access to that unfortunately we plebeians do not. They were one of the slowest teams in the league at playing the ball out of the back. They were just too slow. And that's Which me, is crazy with the speed that it they have. It is crazy to, with the speed they have and the way that Caleb theoretically yeah. wanted them to play, which was using that speed. Right. I mean, think about a guy like Luis, who's one of the fastest players in the league. Cucho's fast and tenacious and intense and tried to bring that level. You even saw in the Orlando game that he and Lucas were going fast and yelling at their teammates when they weren't getting them the ball. But at some point, there's only so much you can do when you're trying to be the only guy. And I think that may be why we saw Cucho slip a little bit is he had that incredible hot start of the eight goals in eight games. And then eventually it wears on you when you're the guy who's running right. all over the field and you're the guy trying to make everybody else come up to your level and they don't. Yeah. I mean, it should, it should have been like yep. an MVP season for Zellerion. Oh yeah. If they just, and Cucho, Cucho may be newcomer of the year, but Might he could be. have locked it down with with a couple three more goals, which were entirely within his power. Absolutely, it's too bad. This was uh, this was a team that underachieved when you get right down to it, and that's why they're now searching for a coach. So, and is the what, coach? Are you looking for a coach that has a system that works like Caleb, or more so that that applies a certain style of play based upon the players he has? Well, I hope it's the latter. Yeah. I hope it's the latter, and I think that's but, what Bezbachenko hinted at yesterday, is that it will be the latter. He talked a lot about how they need to be aligned from top to bottom in the organization in their style of play, and someone like Laurent Courtois played a very aggressive style, so it wouldn't surprise me if that they're looking for someone who will do that and match those players. Well, uh, I mean, first and foremost, I'm not even worried about like systems or styles or anything. The, those but are, I mean, Porter, those would be a part of long interviews. Yeah. Uh, what they what they really need is a is a different voice. Right. Obviously, mm-hmm. they're going to get a different voice. I would I would like I would like to see one that uh, that I think Bez talked about this right. too. Is that they need one that that will command respect as well. Yes, he did talk about that. Not in so many words. As, no, as but he of, said he talked a lot about the the first and foremost thing they're looking for is the person they're bringing right. in and how they approach things, which, like you said, very much hints at that and someone who will command respect and get the team listening to him. And I want to say, I mean, I feel like Caleb commanded respect in a way, but they need someone who commanded respect in a different way. Right. Someone they'll listen to in the second yep. half, you know. Exactly. Um uh, uh, only being partially cheeky there. Uh, he also mentioned a worldwide search. What did he talk about in terms of uh, of what, what happens next with the coach? Yes. So worldwide search. This is my story that's online now Wednesday on dispatch.com that you should definitely go read. Um, but worldwide search, they're going to look at all levels domestically, both with current and former MLS coaches and at other levels of the U.S. soccer structure, the Canadian soccer structure. They're going to look internationally. They have an ideal timeline of early to mid-December, but Bez said that it will depend on, some of it will depend on when they're able to talk to candidates, which suggests to me that they'll be looking at coaches who are still playing in MLS, possibly even a national team coach or two that will be out of their job after the World Cup. All of these Uh-oh, things. Are you saying someone's coming back? I am not. I, that, is, that is actually not the coach I was thinking of. I was thinking specifically of Tata Martino, but I do not think that Greg Berhalter will be coming back, and you can quote me on that. You know, Aries would know best. No, I he's, he's buddies I, with them. I would say this. Um, uh, 
I don't think any fan of the national team is real comfortable right now. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Um, <laughs> I don't think the national coach is ever comfortable. Yeah. Um, but I will say, given their group and the difficult job ahead of them, that uh, I think that needs to be put in context with the World Cup coming to North America four years hence. And I think that when I think when this turned over and, and, and Greg got hired and given the youth of his team, it's the youngest national right. team in the world. And this is just my two cents that I, he has more time. I tend really to think that this is a four year program yeah. and not not a or, you know, an eight year program yeah. instead and not necessarily a three or four year. OK, program. but hypothetically, if things flame out for the U.S. national. Oh, it can team, always go. I mean, it can always saying, go bad. Yeah. If Greg is available, do you think he would take the job knowing the talent that he has is clearly an upgrade since he was here? The facilities are top notch and the stadium. I mean, he has well, a lot better than when he left. I would say this. I don't think it's a slam dunk. I mean, you have to consider ownership. You have to consider uh, the president and general manager. What's uh, what's your comfort level here? H- how does the situation work with regard to Cleveland? Um, what? How far does my freedom go in terms of what I want to do? Can I get it accomplished here? And I'm not saying I, I don't know the answers to any of those questions, but I'm I'm sure that if you're Greg Berhalter and you happen to be out of a job and you know by mid December, then uh, those are the things you're you're thinking about. I don't think yeah, I think he has a leash. I know he does, but yeah. uh, if you consider what he's done to this yeah. point with, with the team, uh, yeah. I, I mean that is a brutal job, um, and uh, I think he's handled it very well. Anyway, we're getting off topic here. Although, although I, this is not the first yeah. time I've heard Burhalter's name come up with relation to this job, um, and again, that's just people uh, thinking out loud. Uh, nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Hey, have you heard this? And like, you know, where'd you hear that? Well, I just made it up. Um, uh, but, Bailey, you mentioned Laurent Courtois, an uh, amazing job this year. Obviously, uh, the comfort level with the GM. Um, one of the things that will have to be weighed, and, and it's it's going to come up in his interview, is is does is he seasoned enough to take an MLS job, especially what will be a plum MLS job, because this team's this team is this roster yeah. with a few tweaks is is ready to go with the right guy. Absolutely. And I think that is one of the biggest reservations anyone would have about Courtois candidacy. Obviously you cannot overrate what he did last right. year or this season with next pro the crew two had a phenomenally successful season. They had the best record in the league. They won next pro cup. They were also competing in a league where the vast majority of the other teams had essentially no resources dedicated to them. So that does have to grade his success on a curve a little bit. Crew two had the most full-time staff in the league. They had the most comprehensively put together roster in the league other than St. Louis city Two, which was the team they played for the cup. A lot of these teams, as I was told by crew two GM Corey Ray, were training sometimes with six or seven guys on a regular basis because they beat the crap on everyone yeah. though. And they, they went forward. They, they, they did, but they were playing teams that were like yeah. half academy players uh, uh, and like USL two guys. Like this was not a league that was built to be super competitive by most teams. Crew two built themselves in a way where they should have won the cup and they did. And that's a point in Courtois yeah. favor as is his familiarity with the organization and comfort yeah. level with Bez. But I don't know that this is a situation where you can hire a coach who has zero first right. team experience. He has never coached a single minute in MLS. Yeah. I think there's a spot for him on the, being an assistant coach on whoever gets the first, whoever completely gets the, agree, completely the head agree. Coach and gig. I, I wouldn't. If, if I come out, of, if I'm the GM and I come out of interviews, uh, I'm done with all of them, and, and I and I like the guy. I'm like, I'd do it. 
you know. Uh, yeah, but don't you think everything with that, like what Bez, like with the stadium, with the signings, don't you think it's going to be like a big name, quote I, unquote, big name? I mean, I don't think Bez hinted I don't think well. they're going to go the homegrown route and bring up a guy from. I'm just you know, telling. I'm, I'm just saying. I just uh, this is why yeah. you know um, I'm I'm doing a podcast now, not GM of an MLS team, but like I'm just, right I'm just I'm just I'm just giving you my. My two cents on, on that. It, and you talk about a gust of fresh air um, and, a, and, a, and an energetic young man who, who, uh, right. who, who has a connection with the fans already. Um, that, that's, that's all I'm saying. Now, everyone's putting lists get together, Bailey. What, what, is, what do the, these lists look like? Because you can put anyone in there, you know? You really can put anyone in there. You can put any, I was texting with my brother it's yesterday. It's a worldwide search. Yeah. It's a worldwide search. You can put anybody in there. I was texting with my brother yesterday, who is a big uh, Liverpool fan. He lives in England. And he was like, name any Premier League coach who just got fired and throw him on the list. Like, people are going to throw any name out there that they want. And we're going to see what happens. I think... From a profile of what they're looking for, I think someone obviously that has a track record of success is high on their list. I think they do ideally want someone with MLS experience, whether or not that means a current MLS coach or someone who has been in the league and maybe is no longer in the league. I don't know. But I think that's something that's important to them because of the uniquities of MLS and the way that it works. Okay, one question you have to ask then if if you're coming from that direction is... um, you know, when you poke around on other teams' benches, you have to be very careful and you have to be sure what you're doing and you better get your guy because that's uh, not an endearing process. So, for instance, uh, let me throw a name at you. Wilfred Nancy is, is up in Montreal, per, probably the coach of the year, uh, parentheses. Two other coach of the year candidates are in Austin and Cincinnati, uh, both of whom have crew connections. Uh, which bring which, it back? Yeah, no, they ain't, they ain't going anywhere. Man. They're very happy where they are, uh, which is in the playoffs. But yeah, I mean, Nancy, like you said, coach he, of the year he's candidate. up, right? Is there, so the belief nobody really knows because MLS is such a mess with how these contracts are discussed. Um, we don't even know what Caleb Porter's contract situation was, other than he had a year left. He had a year left, yeah. But other than that, we don't know anything. So the belief is Nancy is has an option to be taken up for next year. So he's sort of out of contract, sort of not. Obviously, Montreal would be crazy not to pick that up and not to extend him long term. But if there's a possibility that that's not going to happen, that's obviously a phone call you have to make. I think they re up with them if they can, Kyle. But if uh, if they make a run. But if you're if you're if you're Wilfred, um, aren't you asking them, are you going to sell everybody? Yeah. You know, you're looking at, okay, you're looking at committing to a contract and we don't know what they're going to do with their roster when they, you know, they're a legit cup contender. Um, you know, coming down the stretch, maybe the best team in the East is good. as I think Philly is, is the best team in the league, but, um, but they're playing that is, I'm I'm just throwing that out there. Okay. Robin Frazier is another guy. If you're going to go, uh, poking into other people's caves, um, uh, he's a, a former crew player finished up here his playing career as Kyle has, has noted off the air, uh, has national team yep. experience and he's got the Toronto connection. Um, as does Jason Bent, who's an assistant in, in LA, um, LAFC. Uh, and then, you know, the name that's circling is, is, is Toronto out of a job right now, Bailey? Toronto is out of a job right now. He got fired it's in Domain Turkey. Toronto. Domain Toronto got fired from Galatasaray. I think that's how you say it. Turkish League? Turkish League in June. So, I don't know, Kyle, who are you hiring off that list? Who else is on their list? I I, have. I don't know. I mean, to be honest, you could name a million different people. Uh, Pellegrino Matazaro just got fired uh, from Stuttgart. He's American. That's a name that might get thrown out there. I don't know. I mean, you can really name anybody at this point. I'd like to see Bez's... Uh, 
I think it's going to be out of like left field. Someone I don't think it's going to be. Out of, gonna, I think it's going to be someone Bez has ties like, to with MLS experience. I think. Oh, okay, Kyle. What do you think? Let's get a little. little. <laughs> this is going to drive crew fans crazy, but I think he's going to make a call to Michael Bradley and be like, "Hey, hang it up. Come be a coach in Columbus." Well, he, <laughs> he doesn't have this the rating. Uh, you can get that. Your dad's you was you know no, your you, former you, player. You got to do th- it right away. No, can you, you got to go through the steps. old the old player. Can you? I mean, can, he you, can you do the player coach thing now in MLS like they did for a while? Yeah, they'd love Michael Bradley. Man, <laughs> huh? Oh God. I don't even know to go where to go I, I, after that. I just Kyle. think it's eventually going to come f- full circle for crew fans. And Michael, at one point, Michael Bradley is going to be their head coach. Sure, but it's not going to be right now. <laughs> All right. Uh, is, is there is there anything else you want to add, Bailey, before we sign out? Because I've, I've covered right. w- what I have on my list here. No, I've covered everything. Um, we could add that the there is an MLS diversity hiring protocol that they mm-hmm. have to abide by. At least two of their finalists have to be from underrepresented groups and one of them has to be black. So that's something to keep an eye on. I know that uh, Bez talked yesterday about how they'll work closely with the league office on that. I believe the league office has like a list of coaches that match that profile and are eligible under that. So they will start there. They said, you know, they're not only looking to comply with the initiative, but are excited about using that process to enhance their search. So that adds some more names to the list as well. What else did he talk about uh, during his uh it's curious to me that they waited a day to talk and then did it via Zoom or whatever. It's but curious to me as well. But, but you never know. It's neither here nor there. What? I mean, what other points did, did Tim Bezbachenko hit on as he as he as he launches himself into this search process? Yeah, one of the main things he hit on, and this goes back to something Kyle was saying about them maybe going for a big name. He made it clear that the signings of Lucas and Cucho are not something they're going to do every year based on the resources that they have and the support they have from ownership. Those were targeted signings that will not be an every year process. So for them to remain competitive in the league when they're probably outside the top 10 in roster spending is investing in the human capital side of things. And he didn't specifically mention coaching. He talked about things like the analytics and the performance staff and obviously the facilities and all of that. But I do think coaching falls into that because right. there's no salary cap on a coach. And even the highest paid coach is making less than the average or, you know, the middle player on your roster. So I think there's room there for them to maybe make a splash in that way. Kyle, I keep looking at this team going like, man, they they got some players. Yeah. They're, they're, Am I wrong? I no, mean, that, you're that's right. kind of the general no, consensus. Is, 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 are we wrong about this? I mean, yeah, it's not. Did it's, Caleb it's, get everything he could no. out of this roster? I mean, no, I look at it no. and go like, no. no. I mean, it's not like the Blue Jackets where it's brick by brick. Hey, it's the process or, you know, there, it's there. It's, them, yeah. it's, you know, it's, but it needs to be the right coach. And then I think it's just small tweaks. I don't think it's ginormous, you know, to me. Like I said, I would invest in a new goalie. I would invest some money in a, in a young DP if they have, you, you know. not the goalie, man. They don't what? have any DP spots left. Well, they have a, don't they have the young one? Isn't no, Diaz? Cucho, Cucho, no, Cucho's the young DP right now. But isn't next year he'll be graduated out from it? Well, I guess that is true. So, yeah, they would have the young DP, but it'll be interesting yeah. to see what happens there. All right. So, for but yeah, it's 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 there. I think it's a, it's 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 not a long a long build. That's that's been the tough thing for fans to swallow this year in particular, but last year as well, is the repetitiveness of disappointment, yeah. if you will. It's This year was particularly grinding, uh, especially frustrating to watch this team because there's so much more there, one yeah. presumes. Anyway, uh, Bailey, you done? I'm done. We've covered a lot of ground. 
Yeah, some. Some. We'll be back for some more soon. Um, as Bailey said, please go to dispatch.com. Check out all her fine work. Kyle, you're running the photo desk yeah. for this month. Are you shooting? Every once in a while. Shooting every once in a while. Well, check out all Kyle's fine work every once in a while at, at dispatch.com. And of course, the, the master, the podfather. For Bailey Johnson and Kyle Robertson, of course, Patrick Flaherty. I'm Mike Ares. Thanks for joining us, and we'll talk again soon. Patrick, kick us out of here.